This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Have you ever heard the expression, life is nothing more than a rat race? Well, I don't know about it being a rat race, but I can tell you one thing. Sometimes it just seems like life is just living in circles. And so we want to think about that today from the standpoint of one of the Old Testament books, the book of Ecclesiastes. Life is just like living in circles. Stay tuned as we discuss that today. I want to welcome you to Getting to Know Your Bible especially those of you who may be watching today for the very first time. Thank you for tuning in. And today we're offering a free Bible correspondence course, and I emphasize it is free. Please avail yourself of the opportunity to take this course. And we want to pause long enough that you can learn how you can take the course, and, and we want to, you to know more about the course, so we're going to take a brief pause at this time. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading today from the second chapter of Ecclesiastes, verse number three. I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men which they should do unto the heaven all the days of their life. Now, if I were to put that passage in just plain, ordinary language. I, I would put it like this. Solomon is saying that he tried everything there is under the heavens to find out what a person should be doing with the, all the days of their life. You, you know, so to some people, life is boring. It was Thoreau who said that to some people, most people live lives of quiet desperation. In other words, life is just really boring to them. And someone says, well, it just seems like life is just living in a complete circle all the time, just going round and round and round. You know the reason for that? Is you exactly right. I want you to look in the first chapter of Ecclesiastes, verse 3. What profit has a man of all of his labor, which he takes under the sun. I want you to think about that expression, under the sun. Under the sun. Then he says, one generation passes away and another generation comes. But the earth abides forever. A generation is born, 
And as a generation is born, there's a generation dying. That's just complete circle, isn't it? People are born, people die. People are born and people die. Then verse 5. The sun arises, the sun goes down, and it hastens to the place where he arose. So the sun comes up, sun goes down. Then the sun comes up, and the sun goes down, and that happens every day. That's just the cycle of life. Then he talks about the wind in verse 6. The wind goes toward the south and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returns again according to a circuit. Have you ever watched the satellite images on television when the weatherman is on? He shows you the, 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 the pattern of the winds as they're whirling and going about. That, that, that's just the cycle of life. And then he talks about the rivers in verse 7. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from where the rivers come, there they return again. Now think about the cycle here. It rains, the rain goes into the river, the river into the sea, and then the water in the ocean evaporates, forms clouds, it rains again, it runs into the, into the rivers and they run into the sea, and that's just the cycle, the water cycle, over and over again. You see, from that standpoint, life beneath the sun is just running in circles. There's the cycle of life, there's the cycle of the wind, there's the cycle of the sun, there's the cycle of the water, over and over and over again. That's the way life is, isn't it? Isn't it? You get up in the morning and you go to work and you get tired and then you come home at the end of day and you go to bed to get rested so you can get up and go back to work to get tired again so you can come home to get rested again. That's just the cycle of life under the sun. And so Solomon was trying to find out what a person should do all the days of their life under the sun. And he tried everything you can imagine. He tried wisdom. Solomon asked God to give him wisdom, and he was the wisest man in the world in his day. But when he sought wisdom, he said, that also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Well, notice in verse 17 of chapter 1, he said, I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. And so Solomon said, that's also vanity and vexation of spirit. And then he gave himself to pleasure. He tried everything that you can imagine. Now I might point out there are different kinds of pleasures and that there are sinful pleasures for sure. Uh, that, Hebrews chapter 11 and talks about pleasures of sin for a season. Pleasures of sin. There's pleasure in sin. He tried pleasure, but there are also legitimate pleasures. And the play, things that may be legitimate in and of themselves, but they may become sinful if a legitimate pleasure is carried to excess. But he's talking here about pleasures that appeal to the flesh, that appeal to the lust of the eye, to the pride of life. And so he said, I tried pleasure. And uh, he said, all of that is vanity and vexation of spirit. 
And then he tried wine. That's in chapter 2 and in verse 1. Uh, he said, I, I gave myself to, uh, rather in verse 3, I gave my heart to give uh, unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom. And he said, that's vanity of vexation of spirit. Life under the sun is vanity. It's vanity. It's just a running in circle. Well, Solomon also tried building. He went into the construction business. And according to verse uh, uh, 4 of chapter 2, he built great works. He said, I, planted, I builded me houses. He built houses. He built houses for some of his foreign wives. He built himself a house. He also built the temple. And it was such an elaborate uh, building. It is referred to as Solomon's temple because Solomon was the one that led in the construction of it. And then Solomon also uh, had fortresses and summer houses. So he said, I tried building things. Have you ever known an individual who could never be satisfied with the house they were living in? They'd build a new home. They wouldn't be there very long until they put it up for sale so they could go and buy another one a little bit bigger and a little bit better. And they were trying to find happiness and some peace and satisfaction in their life by always building some fine home. And then he planted himself vineyards in verses 4 and 5. He said, I made gardens, I planted vineyards and gardens and orchard, I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. So he went into agriculture. And then he said, then I made great pools of water to water there with the wood that brings forth trees. So he seems as though he had some form of irrigation system that he had devised. And then in verse 7, he said, I had me servants and maid servants and had servants born in my house. Uh, and I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. So not only did he have servants to wait on him hand and foot, he had great herds of cattle. And he said, I had more than anyone else that was ever in the city of Jerusalem before me. Now remember, Solomon is trying to find out what an individual should do all the days of their life. And he picture Solomon going down different avenues of life, highways of life. And he's going down a highway of wisdom, a highway of pleasure, a highway of, of possessions. Then he said, I gathered me silver and gold and, and the peculiar treasures of kings and of the provinces why Solomon was the wealthiest man in the world in his day. It is said that Howard Hughes at one time was the single billionaire in the world. He was a wealthy man, but he died a wretched man. He died a wretched man. That's not where it's at. He said, I had silver and gold in abundance. It is said that he made silver to be like stones in the streets of the city, that he was so wealthy. And he said, I had men singers, women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments of all sorts. So he had entertainment. You know our world is entertainment mad. We're just, we have to be entertained. Our children have to be entertained 24-7. They have an iPad, they have a telephone. They, they have to be entertained. Constantly they have to be entertained. I get, I get somewhat amused and yet... It, it troubles me when I see young people out in a restaurant with their parents, perhaps. 
And here the parents carrying on a conversation of the children have their heads stuck in their telephone. They've got to have something constantly to entertain them. We have become a culture where we have to have all kinds of things to entertain us. And, and so he had it. You think you've got things to entertain you? He had it. He had his own singers. He had his own band. He had his own musical instruments. He had his own uh, people to entertain him constantly. And notice what he says in verse number 9. So I was great. I was great. And increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. He said, if you were to think about all the people that have been before me in the city of Jerusalem, and that would include my father, that would include King Saul, that would include all the others that have been before me, all of the judges that were before me. He said, I was great. I was greater than they all, all the rest of them. And also my wisdom remained with me. And Solomon said next that whatever I wanted, I got it. You know, we kind of live in that sort of a world today, don't we? Whatever I want, some people say, I'm going to get it. This is what he said, whatever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. Whatever I saw and I wanted and I desired, I got it. You see, he was a powerful man. He was a wealthy man. And he had the power and the wealth to get whatever his heart desired. And that can be a curse and it can also be a blessing. It was George Bernard Shaw said there are two tragedies in life. One is to get your heart's desire and the other is not to get it. And sometimes getting your heart's desire is a tragedy. Is a tragedy because it can breed sin in your life. Solomon said, I didn't keep anything that I wanted from myself. And he said, I withheld not from my heart from any joy. Anything that he thought would bring him some kind of joy in his life, he said, I've got to have it. I've got to have it. And then he said, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. He said, all that I've been working for, this is what my, my portion is. And, and then he says, verse 11, is a key passage for us to understand all about Solomon. I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. Now think about all that he looked at. You see, when he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he's sort of looking back at his life. What he had done. And when we get to the close of this book, he has some advice for people that are willing to listen. And so he said, I looked on all the works that my hand had done. Everything I'd done, all the work that I've done. And he said, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. No prophet under the sun. You know, you and I right now are living under the sun. This so-called rat race is a race that's run under the sun. 
This running around in circles is a life that's lived under the sun. This mad craze for pleasure, the mad craze for wealth, the mad craze for more things. Solomon would tell us today, let me tell you from experience, good people, all of that's just folly. All of that is vexation of spirit because there is absolutely no benefit, no profit be found in all of that under the sun. Under the sun. And then he said, I turn myself behold wisdom and madness and folly. And what can a man do that comes after the king, even that which hath been already done? He said, somebody may come after me, but they're not going to be able to outdo anything that I've already done. I've done it all. I've done it all. I've had it all. There's nobody that will ever do any more than what I have done. And I saw that wisdom excelleth folly and as far as light excels darkness. And the wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Walk in darkness. Walks in light. The wise man is in the light. The fool is living in darkness. Now if you notice in verse 18, Solomon said, So I hated all my labor, which I had taken under the sun. Keep that expression, under the sun, in mind. I hated all the labor that I'd taken under the sun. All the work that I've done, all the buildings that I had, all the orchards and the vineyards that I had, all the cattle I had, the men singers, the women singers, the instruments, all the women that I had, all of the wine that I've drank. He said, I want you to know that I hated it all because it should, I should leave it unto a man that should be after me. And you know that's true, isn't it? That's true. Do you have a deed to your house? You say, well, yes, I've, my home's paid for, Brother Lambert. I have a title to my house. It belongs to me. Could I ask you a question? Whose will it be hundred years from now? You see, someone else's name will be on the title of that house. It'll belong to another person. It may be a family member for sure. But it won't belong to you. Because, you see, we have it and we leave it behind. As Job said, Naked came I into this world, and naked shall I return. We brought nothing in, we take nothing out, only that which we send ahead. Matthew 6, 19 to 21. So he said, I hated all my labor because somebody else is going to have it after I'm gone. And then in 19, he tells you why he, he felt this way about all the work that he had done. He said, who knows whether he'll be a wise man or a fool? Nobody knows. Here's a man who says, well, I'm going to leave all of my estate to my children. And, and I've reared my children to do what's right and to be good business people. How do you know you have? You don't know what they're going to do or what you leave them. You may think you know, but you do not know until it's theirs. Who knows whether he'll be a wise man or a fool? Yet he may have 
he may have rule over all my labor, wherein I've labored, and wherein I've shown myself wise under the sun. He said, somebody else one day is going to own everything Solomon has. And I'll tell you something, one day somebody's going to own everything you have. You're not going to keep it forever. That's just part of the cycle of life. Some are born, some are dying. Some are born, some are dying. And then he says, I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. There's that expression again, under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity, yet to a man that has not labored there and he may leave it for his portion, this is also vanity and great evil. He's talking about what we may leave behind. And verse 22, well, what hath a man of all his labor and of the vexation of his heart wherein he hath labored under the sun? For all his days of sorrow and his travail grief, yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is vanity. Now verse 24 is the key. Here is the key. Up to this point, Solomon has been talking about everything he did under the sun. He tried to find what a man should do all the days of his life under the sun. And he tried everything. And his conclusion was, everything that I have amassed all of my life, I'm going to have to leave it to somebody else. And who knows whether they be wise or foolish. So what's the use in living? Verse 24. There's nothing better for a man that he should eat and drink and make his soul enjoy good in his labor. Well, God wants us to enjoy the fruit of our work. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Do you not see how Solomon changed his focus? Solomon right in verse 24 is changing his focus from under the sun to above the sun. Now right now, you're living under the sun. That is, you're living your life here on this earth. But there comes some time in our life that we have to wake up like Solomon did and to realize that there's more to living than what we find under the sun. There's more to living than what we have here on this earth. That real living is to be found when we focus our attention on heaven above and on God. That's above the sun, you see. Paul put it like this in Colossians 3, if you then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. In other words, Paul is saying, you need to set your affections on things that are above the sun rather than things that are under the sun. Now let's think about American life. Now, I know there are people that watch Getting to Know Your Bible in other countries of the world. But let's think about American life. And is it not the case that in America that the American people are primarily thinking about life under the sun? They're interested in being entertained, 
They're interested in every new pleasure that comes along. They're interested in every new gadget that is invented. You let the phone, telephone people come out with a new cell phone and people will stand in line for blocks down the street just to get a new cell phone. Why? Because it's new. They're focused. Their life is totally focused on life under the sun. But let me tell you where, where life really matters. Above the sun. Now let's fast forward in the book of Ecclesiastes to the end of it. To chapter 12. And in verse 13, Solomon said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Solomon has been rehearsing life as he saw it above, beneath the sun and above the sun. And Solomon, here is his advice for me and his advice for you for all generations yet to come. Fear God. Keep His commandments. But this is the whole duty of man. I think it would be better translated, more correctly translated, this is the whole of man. This is the purpose of man. is to fear God and to keep the commandments of God. And I wish there was a way that we could cause all men everywhere to see. They need to stop focusing under the sun. They need to start focusing their lives and their attention upon God Almighty. We need leaders today in high places who are not focused on under the sun things, but they're focused on above the sun things. We, we need homes today where the fathers and husbands and wives and mothers are focusing not just on making a living, but making a life. And they're focusing on things that transcend this world. What a different world it would be. I want to urge you to start thinking about the future in your life. Would you not give your life to the Lord today? Give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ who died to save you. He loves you and He wants you to believe on Him, John 8, 24. He would have you repent of your sins according to Luke 13, 3. He would have you to confess Him before men, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And He would have you to be baptized in order to be saved, Mark 16, verse 16. Would you not do that and focus your life on things above? Let me urge you and, come and give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Please do that and also call today for the free Bible course or you can take it online. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com. Or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.